any uh, anyone else have anything to say about strippers? And uh, and so Corinne had a, a guy friend named Brian over. He was pretty cool. He and I were hanging all night. And then they had a, another coworker, how do you spell two his, coworkers from Paychecks. And how do you spell his name? B R I A N. We were joking about that, and we were also laughing about that whole battle of the Josh's thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Have> you, <laughs> so did you see that? Josh Swain. So some some guy like made like a meme challenging all of their Josh Swains to like a battle to the death of pool noodles or something. He, so he went and through then, he went through Facebook and added every single other person on Facebook <laughs> with his name to a group chat and posted in a random set of coordinates somewhere in like Kentucky and said one year, it was Nebraska. It was, might have been Nebraska. And he said one year from the day we're all going to fight and the victor gets to keep the name Josh Swain. Everyone else has to change it. Um, and, and then it changed to all Josh's, not just Josh Swain. And so there's like 500 couple, people showed up. Yeah. Yeah. A couple hundred people named Josh showed up and there's like a couple videos of a bunch of them running around in an open field, hitting each other with pool noodles. It's pretty funny. The, the first, the, the, they always kicked off the celebrations by have the two different Josh Swains, including the guy that created the group, have a, a, a rock, paper, scissors. And it made it to the yeah. front page of Reddit. Yeah. And then uh, he and I were joking because we were like, man, we got to do something like that with all the Bryans, except for it to be that all the Bryans with an I on one side and all the Bryans with a Y on the other. And we'll fight to figure out how it's spelled properly. And he was like, honestly, we probably just end up all just drinking together. I'm actually just going to leave all that in. <laughs> I'm just going to start there and just say hello and welcome. A bit of a different intro today. Uh, this is the Clever Kids Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Tyler. I'm here with my brothers, Brian. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Jeffrey. Sorry for cutting you off there, Brian. Jeff, don't no, say anything. Whatever. Don't want to hear you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. Um, Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, a little tired, but uh, I'm, I'm otherwise good. How about you guys? I'm a little bit tired too, actually. Um, I was... That, that makes three of us. I am also tired. Wow. Well, this is going to be a real enthusiastic episode, I'm going to tell you. Oh, speaking of which, that guy I was hanging out with last night, his first name was Brian, like mine. His middle name is Tyler. And I was like, is your last name Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> I like he was that like, no, just... Harold, why? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, to answer your question from last week, this is doxing what you're doing to this person right now. <laughs> He's really can we delete? Can we delete? <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's laid in. <laughs> no, it's actually his last name was Henson. His social security card, uh, his social security number is yeah. uh, Here's the thing. He lives two blocks away from me at 8461 Southwest 82nd Avenue. read off his phone number, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this week, we're talking about Mortal Kombat, and I think we're going to throw in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which one do we want to talk about first, guys? Let's get Mortal Kombat out of the way. Yeah? Oh, is that because you have more to say about that one or less to say? No, I think it's going to be a good conversation for both, but I think... Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is just going to be a little bit more in depth, I'm guessing. Right. Um, so. All right. Well, let's do um, let's just do non spoilers for Mortal Kombat right up top, uh, Brian. Non spoilers. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> go ahead. You go first. Okay. Non spoilers. Uh, just first impression. It was okay. I, I don't think. I thought it. You know. I don't. I don't know. I, I expected it to not be the highest quality movie I ever watched in my life. And that's what I got. But at the same time, 
at the same time, I wanted to watch some cool combat scenes, and there were definitely some cool combat scenes. I actually thought the special effects were pretty good. Um, so overall, uh, I'll take it. Kind of like uh, the same vibe I got from Kong versus Godzilla. I was like, you know what? This is what I expected to see, and it's what I got. Sure. I, I, I made that exact same comparison before we started recording. That I thought I got the same exact uh, sense of fulfillment from uh, as I did from Godzilla versus King Kong. As far as I thought the movie did exactly what it needed to do. And honestly, being a fan of the games, uh, I, I'm excited. I think they dropped a lot of hints at characters that they can introduce uh, throughout the franchise. I don't know if I would expect it to be able to do like four or five films, but I think like two or three films on the franchise, just introducing new characters and killing off more and more each each episode or each episode, each uh, inclusion to the series, I, I think would be a great way. And then just have like a trilogy and just have it be kind of a climactic epic battle at the end. Um, sure. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, my non-spoiler is, I mean, if you go into it expecting a Mortal Kombat movie, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> they nailed it that's exactly what you're gonna get it's got i mean yeah i i don't there's some interesting things that they did uh the cinematography is really good um i I think the performances were relatively i mean they were acceptable right uh does an interesting job of uh expanding the lore but not taking it uh in a way that's gonna like that really kind of ruins any of the you know the established stuff from the video game so i thought that they did a good job of working with what there is and then just kind of twisting it a little bit um so yeah i mean it, uh, as far as movies go it's not it's definitely not going to win an award but i you know i enjoyed it the entire time so and it was pretty short i mean it's like an hour and 40 minutes so not bad um let's go into spoilers who wants to jump in with some shit who's got comments who's got things to say jeff go ahead uh sure um well tyler texted me before i'd even seen the the film and talked about uh he he said sent a text message saying that kano is his spirit animal (laughs) (laughs) and i I didn't know what he quite meant by that and so i went into the film with slightly higher expectations over kano's character because like the games they're fun but they don't do a lot of delving into the characters you know they get uh little interactions with every other character but for the most part you just get you know slight characteristics like an accent or or you you get like a little bit of a backstory explanation of like who they are or whatever and in the initial game that was all like in like like you had to like find excess material to tell you like oh who's scorpion why does he hate sub-zero whatever yeah you know i mean like so so like even in the, the a lot of the sort of the mortal Kombat games i played they have like an arcade mode where you fight every other contestant and when you win they're talk about oh you know after this fight you know Jax went on to go do this this and this and they give you a little bit of backstory and and you know lore um, yeah. into it and that's always fun um but watching the films, Kano definitely stole the show. He was uh, absolutely hysterical throughout the whole thing. So, um, did you guys ever, you guys ever watch the show uh, Superstore? No, it's not very good, but it's uh, <laughs> it's like a sitcom. That guy yeah, played. He played like the pharmacist um, who worked at like it's like a Walmart type store. He worked at the his pharmacist there, and he is so funny in that show. He was he'd only be in like every couple episode, you know what I mean? Like every fourth episode or something, he would show up for like a minute. But like his part in it was always super funny. It's very clear that he's like selling oxycotton illegally on the side. <laughs> it's like a total drug dealer, <laughs> and he's so funny. And then when I heard that he was in this, I was like, oh who's he playing 
said it, it was Kano, who is a character that I never played as in the comics or in, in, excuse me, in the uh, in the games um, and didn't really know a lot about. But then I found out that he's an Australian actor and went and looked up some of his other stuff. And he's actually really funny in pretty much everything he does. And he crushed that Kano role. He just it was really the moment where someone I think it was. uh um Gosh darn it! Not Kung Sonya. Lao, Sonia, Liu Kang, no. Liu Kang, Liu Kang puts his hand on his shoulder and he just yeah, he goes the fuck <laughs> yeah exactly. I was like, oh, that's dude. exactly my reaction when anyone ever touches me ever. <laughs> dude, I lost it. I lost it. That was the funniest one. I think <laughs> yeah. he had a bunch of funny stuff, but right there he just does it so well. He's like, dude, it's fuck? so improv, like, it's so natural. Me? Yeah, yeah, that, that shit was raw and that, perfect. That was dude. literally <laughs> the moment that I te- uh, that I texted you guys. I was like, oh, that's yeah. me. That is 100 yeah what the dude, that fuck? Was v- <laughs> like he says a bunch of funny stuff but that one is that brief moment like it, made it was the movie. so I, quick i was cracking up yeah, yeah it's, it's the, the funniest fuck. moment <laughs> like pure confusion i mean just the accent itself is, is like i guess i don't know if it's insensitive to say it from an american point of view but it cracks me the fuck out like just where he was it's like if, so if an funny. american if an American had said the same line where Sonya's like, just tell us where it is. And he's like, all right, you got a pen? <laughs> Write down, get fucked. <laughs> and yeah. the, way he, the way that he writes it, the way that he says it with an accent just adds it, just makes it that much more funnier to me. So, so uh, I will say about him, and I knew he was going to be a main topic because he really kind of stole the show, I think. But um, it kind of got annoying at the end. Like, he was killing it for me up until they got to like the training ground and he was kind of joking around about his powers for a little bit and all that stuff was making me laugh but I don't know I think I think like at some point there it's a switch the heel flip, turn. I'm like alright it's when he takes Sorry. the heel turn and goes to villain he just becomes like oh it's not funny anymore I was kind of over it yeah, yeah I was like can we tone that shit down and get to the fighting like it just once it's like when he's on the good side but he's kind of like a rogue you know like he's like chaotic good um that part's funny but once he's just like like deadpool wouldn't work if he was a villain you know what i mean like dead being funny and like saying all those silly things but as a bad guy that's like you don't i don't want that as a hero you're kind of like you're like oh my god i couldn't imagine captain america saying that that's freaking hilarious but when the bad guy does it you're like all right you're just a dick yeah now now you're just annoying yeah and i think that's what it was kind of interesting because it was like right when it happened i was like all right i'm not fighting into this like you're annoying me get off the screen you know like or just die they did a good job of as like making you as annoyed at the character as the characters themselves would be like they were all annoyed at them from the beginning so like I feel like they they did a good job of of not sure. just making him a funny character of making it so in your face that, that you want to hate this character and want him to die right Excuse yeah me. but uh yeah he is he is very funny I thought the whole superpower thing was pretty funny too where he was like yeah, that's way better than fireballs, you fucking pussy. <laughs> I, started, I started cracking up because I was like, God, he is such a mouth, dude. There like, is something about the Australian act. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. Like, all the podcasts that I listen to now are just like, they're all Australian. Partially because I think the the humor that's going on in, like, the Australian stand-up scene is just, like, really in line with my sense of humor. But then also, just pretty much everything they say sounds a little bit funnier to me. Like, yeah. I don't get the same feeling from, like, a British podcast, but there's just something about that Australian accent that just, like, it's fun. I don't know. I, it works. I know I sent I know I sent Tyler. There was a link of, like, a, uh, like, a... Uh, um, 
audio book of Harry Potter, like a, an a Australian yeah, version. You did. You sent me a lot of like weird Australian the, audio, like like what if Harry Potter? I think was it was Australian two. I think it was two. It was, it was a two parter, but um, I don't know if I sent it to you too, Brian. But it's fucking hysterical. I'll send it to you after. Um, pretty funny. It's great. I think that they may just have like it seems like they cuss as much as I do as well, which is too much. But you know. I find acceptance in the way that okay. they speak. So, so I gotta anyway, ask. Let's move I on. I gotta ask. The, the main character is not a character from the game, right? Nope. I didn't new, recognize him. New character completely. And I gotta get clarification here as well. His power is kind of like Colossus, where he like gets like a metal skin. But then I could see it bending and shit when he was moving. So it didn't look metal. It looked like it a rubber like a, suit. Yeah, it was like a fat. Yeah, it looked. That was silly. I didn't get that. Like, and it looks... he hugs. There's this like close-up shot after he fights Goro, and he like hugs his his lady, and you can see the back of it bending like as if he's wearing like a wetsuit. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, like. is it that like metal? A... Because Goro hit him with an axe right in the chest, and it like deflected it. But it has it's like, like some fibers. sort of yeah, it's kind of like Black Panther suit. It's got some sort of like energy absorption situation. Okay, because then later when they're getting ready like to fight it, the, if I'm honest, the emperor I didn't or whatever, like it at all. he's like standing there kind of leaning and you can see it like creased like a fat sure. roll. Sure, and they made like, a suit. What is that? Like, it looks they weak. They made a suit for him to wear and it, you know, contorted the way a human body does. They didn't go through and CGI out all the little bends that you're complaining about. Sure, right. but right. the concept is that it's like... They CGI okay. all of like Spider-Man suits so that it doesn't like have like folds so that it like fits as tight as like it does in the comics. You know what I mean? Sure. They sure. always do that in all of the Spider-Man movies. I'm sure they do that with all the other characters in these movies as well. Except, I'm just saying, man. It looks like they didn't Spider-Verse. have. They didn't run out of money on the budget because there was plenty of cool graphics, but at the same time, it seems I weird to me that to they give they a guy that on it. specific power and yeah, then have yeah. them like have it look super rubbery and not metallic i don't know and like what was it i mean it was just some weird skin like that's his power like a, just develops like his a weird metallic develop a kevlar suit <laughs> instantaneous i don't i don't get i don't get it but, if i'm honest though i really wish so i'm gonna jump ahead here um i wish that the fight scenes like the one-on-one fight scenes that we got in the movie were a little bit more one-on-one rather than cutting between each individual fight over and over again you know like when it's uh when they when the the people from outworld come and invade the fighting pit and you know you got Liu kang fighting the the cyrax or whatever whichever dude Uh, what was his name cabal um cabal yeah you got him fighting cabal you got uh sonya fighting mutant mouth <laughs> I don't know what that chick's situation well, was. She, she like, just had a she, big mouth. <laughs> with a bunch of color like smeared on her face the whole movie. Like and it then was, they did the jaw it opening thing. Scabs. It was scabs because she's opened her mouth like that before. Ah, that's way grosser. I liked it better it's when it looked disgusting. like smudged makeup. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, I didn't understand why it was all purple like that. It just um, looks yeah. dumb. So when they were doing those individual fight scenes, I wish that we had like longer bits of just them fighting that you know would be more like the video game you know what i mean because it's one-on-one in the video game right or you call in a second or whatever but in this movie they just cut back and forth between the individual fights so much that it was kind of hard to follow what was happening in each fight you know um also i was really surprised that they brought goro in for that fight and then just killed goro 
Like, yeah, Goro he's one of was... the most recognizable characters. Yeah, I was like, that was oh, surprising well, to me. And isn't I he mean, like the champion of all the former tournaments? I mean, Shao Kahn or whatever. Uh, is that what his name is? Yeah, Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn um, says at the end of the movie, like, death is only the beginning for my fighters or something like that. And then it shows him, oh. like, grab all of them. Oh, and you're smoke. thinking of, oh, you mean Shang-Chi or uh, Shang Tsung? Shang Tsung, that's it. Shang Tsung. Yeah, that's not Shao, Shao Kahn. Kahn. We, saw, we saw a statue of Shao Kahn. He's not in the movie. Shao Kahn's in the next one. It will probably be right. in the he's, next he's one. He's the leader. He's, he's uh, Shang Tsung's leader or Right. Boss. He's like the boss of all of, uh, he's like the king like of that world. Emperor right. of all emperors, because that guy is like an emperor, right? Yeah. I can't remember. That lore gets so know. confusing because <laughs> they keep expanding it and adding new characters in each individual game. And so. But Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn's like the Thanos of that world. He's like right. the end all be all. And he's Goro's father. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. So the, Shang Tsung. Goro, yeah. I guess they might they put a little loophole in to get Goro back, but this seemed kind of weird to me that they were. Well, and Sub Zero and all of the other dead ones. They just Then we didn't so, even get a tournament. I mean, well, so, so hold on. So the original Sub Zero did die. And then the next Sub Zero, the one that most of the ones that you have the games, is actually Sub Zero's little brother who has the same. Uh, abilities and then scorpion is gets killed by the younger sub-zero and then he comes back as a demon fighting for nether realm in mortal kombat 3 so like bihan dying is actually accurate to the uh storyline of the games let's talk about casting real quick um just moving on what what did you guys think about the cast in this who did you recognize who did you like Oh, I, I got I, I got one for you. Uh, Go. Jax Jax was the power forward from Glory Road. No and way. The, yeah, and here's the Damn. interesting thing. He's way bigger. He's, no, so he he turns. To, I had this moment where he said it, and I was like, "Whoa!" He turns to uh, whatever the main character's name is, and says, "Hey." go to find Sonya Blade in Gary, Indiana. And I was like, wait a minute. He's from Gary, Indiana in Glory Road. What's with this guy in Gary, Indiana? Like, Maybe it was a callback. Like it's, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like for, for some reason in the two things I've seen him in, they tie him somehow to Gary, Indiana. And I just thought that was interesting. That is That's interesting. interesting. I like that guy actor. a lot. I thought he was yeah, good. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. I'm not right. the top of my head. The only actor that I actually recognized while watching the film was uh, Shang Tsung from Batman: The Dark Knight. No, no, no. There's it, every Asian actor in that about? movie is every Asian actor from every movie. Yeah, uh, Bihan is from The Raid. Um, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, huh. what's Scorpion? What's his name? I can't. Oh, okay, remember. I recognized him. I recognized him. So yeah, he's, in, he's in Last Samurai. Last Samurai. He's in, he's, he gets killed by what's his face in Marvel. He gets killed by. Uh, um, uh, what's uh, Hawkeye uh, yeah, when he goes yeah, rogue and his running. family gets snapped? Yeah, yeah he, he's like the the. He's literally actor like that. insert he's, Japanese actor here who's good yeah, at martial arts in, uh, and sword fighting. Wolverine. He's the samurai guy in Wolverine that Wolverine's right. at odds hey, with. Silver samurai. Yeah, there you go. No, he's not and, silver no, no, samurai. He's, he's not the silver he's samurai. He's, he's like the, the sun. He's like the yeah. sun or whatever. Like the he, sun that's. Anytime super, you need a Japanese man to wield a katana in a movie, in. he is the man that you you get. Yeah. And I think he's the reason that I brought up the idea of doing a character actor. Uh, 
episode because I was like, oh, that guy, I love that guy. Who is that guy? I recognize yeah, him. he's great. He's great. I just, I always think like, man, like they literally have no other Asian actor that they can tap for these roles. Like it's, he's in every he's one just, of them. He's just so good. He I think. feels like the Asian version of Mads Mikkelsen where he just kind of, he fits and he always does well. I can always trust that I'm going to enjoy his contribution. I think he's great. It's just every time I see something that has Asian characters in it, that dude is in the movie. Damn, you know what? Mads sure. Nicholson, going back to last week, he could have been Hans Landa too. He would have been pretty good, I think. Just a colder take, whatever. So we're not going to go back there. But uh, now, Raiden uh, was also a recognizable. Yeah, um, who is that guy? He's. Um, I didn't look him up. But he's I... the Japanese captain in Battleship. Have you seen that movie with uh, <laughs> with Rihanna? With yeah, Liam Neeson, <laughs> Taylor Kirshner, yeah. and Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Brooklyn Decker uh, is Taylor, in that movie. Taylor no, Kish's um, like Asian counterpart on the Japanese side, right. and they like work that. together and the Art of War references and like that's him. Um, yeah, I, I was like, oh man, they're all just back for, you know, to fill the Asian roles in this movie. I, it just seemed, you know, crazy to me that they don't the movie expand that a little bit more. It had a strong opening and the rest of it sucked, but uh, okay. Battleship? Oh, the opening was hilarious. It is a very strong <laughs> opening to a movie. I do not anyway, remember the opening to that movie. He steals, he steals a burrito for Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, he sees Brooklyn Decker in a bar and she's like, I'm starving for a burrito. If you can give me one in five minutes, then I'll go on a date with you. Right, and so I'll he, talk to you. Yeah. And the, Brooklyn, the, the store is closed, so he breaks in through the air vents and just absolutely demolishes the place and steals a burrito yeah, and runs away. I do remember that. And then that they movie sucked. Him. Yeah. I've never made it all the way through. All I remember, I think I've, I've watched, tried to watch it twice, and once it like the alien armor dude shows up, I'm like, mm, this movie is not for me. Goes, <laughs> so the funniest part about the scene is he comes running through the parking lot and goes to hand of the burrito and gets tased, and he's like still like fighting to hold out the burrito. And she's like, he's horrified. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. So I, I have uh, the guy from who played Raiden up on IMDb. His name is. Tada Nobu Asano. Um, he plays Hogan in the Thor movies. That's where I recognized yep. him from. Yep, yep. He's the leader of the military the, when he- Hela comes and just yep, pancakes exactly. everybody by the herself. Warriors. Yeah, he's part of the Warriors 3. Um, he's in that movie The Outsider from two years ago, which I think is the Jared Leto joins the uh, Yakuza. Um, he's in a lot of um, yeah, he was in Battleship. You're right. He's in a lot of Japanese movies that I have not seen, but he's in a movie called Mongol where it looks like he plays um, uh, sorry, Genghis Khan, or I guess it's pronounced Genghis. Oh no, he's Temujin. I don't know. But I'm it's, definitely going to watch this. It looks sick. That is uh Genghis Khan, I think. Genghis. It's or no, maybe Timujin Gen- is his, his best friend or something. Genghis. Yeah. Anyway. Um yeah, watch, by the way, by the way, Dan? his Raiden costume was weak, dude. Like yeah, they, they just put like a Snapchat filter weird. over his eyes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not talking about the clothes. The eyes, but the eyes yeah. were throwing me off. It looks like he just they just like put like a little simple Snapchat filter on it and it was like it was bugging me, man. I was like, just have nothing. Just have just have him be an actor. You know, yeah. like don't put that extra crap on. Just maybe in moments where he's using his power give it to him but like it just looked like 
crap. I don't know. I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Um, so what was your favorite fight? Or who was your favorite character, maybe? Like, who did you like? Because I really so, liked... Well, the best casting for me, I think, was... I really liked the guy who played Kung Lao. Didn't recognize him, but I thought he was really good. And his martial arts was really cool. And then the guy who played the other guy whose name you guys helped me with earlier. <laughs> I Luke can't Kang. think of it. Liu Kang. That guy looked exactly like Liu Kang to me. He did. From the he games. did. I was like, he holy overacted. shit, he looks great. That dude was overacting yeah. hard, man. In some parts, yeah. The part where... Kung Lao dies. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I'm over. Down. But um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> calm down. you need to relax there, pal. Yeah, chill out. Um, yeah. So let me propose something to you that would have made this movie a little bit better narrative-wise. Instead of a fiction, like a made-up main character, I propose that this movie should have had the guy for scorpion be the main character and then basically he escapes hell and then recruits everybody else but that's not the story of scorpion he's yeah. an agent of the nether realm and when they do have the mortal Kombat tournament it's not just one realm trying to win it's all the realms putting up contestants and scorpion and is the head of the nether realm he can't be a champion of earth so yeah I you're spitting in the face one, of mortal Kombat lore i hope the next one is literally like a mortal Kombat tournament and yeah, we, we didn't even get different, <laughs> right? And we have the different realms. And I would honestly be down to watch like a two-hour movie, where if they, or like more than two-hour movie, if they were to focus more on like the fight choreography and doing like long, maybe like single take fight scenes, um, you know, different things like that, rather than you know the rapid cutting, kind of hard to figure out what the action is um, that's happening, you know. And I'm sure that that's a budget constraint, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, just I, something about that main character just wasn't doing it for me. I think he was one of the oh, weakest the main, characters. Yeah, so that guy's name he, is Louis Tan. Tan? Tan? He is... Um, he really wanted to be uh, Shang-Chi in the Marvel Universe, which I don't know if you guys watched that trailer. Yeah. Um, Looks but, good. Yeah, I went to Sima Lu. Um, but this guy wanted it and he's good. He's a good martial artist, but he's, yeah, his acting just fine. isn't like, really. He, here's the thing. In the beginning of the movie, we see him getting absolutely wrecked in a fight for 200 bucks. And I mean, then, he does pretty good at the beginning of that fight, but he's just, okay, yeah. So he loses. I mean, and then yeah. you want me to believe that after like two days of training and getting this rubber metal suit thing that he can take out Goro the way he did. Like, I just was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you have progressed to where you're capable of this. You know what I mean? Like it, I was having a hard time with it. I just didn't really like his story. His story wasn't doing it for me. I just felt like it didn't add much and they definitely could have had more development but um you know I, I wasn't expecting a ton from the film and i, I thought it was fine like no overall i'm fine with the movie i and agree I, that I the person really he should have fought i agree that the person he should have fought should have been not goro i think that goro, goro should have been a better fighter than what they depicted um you know maybe have Liu kang take down goro and have uh uh, him take down the the winged harpy chick. I don't know. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say is Raiden. Like I'm trying to get all my complaints out here so we can focus on the good stuff because I got some good stuff to talk about too. But um, Raiden was kind of pissing me off. 
I was like, hold on, you're the god of thunder. Sure, it sounds like you're bound by some laws that other people aren't, but like, it seems like those are super subjective. And he kind of had this like, this like exchange where he was kind of implied that he can kind of get away with it a little bit. You know what I mean? And the other guy is totally cool with pissing off the elder gods, but you know, Raiden's just cool with letting all his dudes get served up. I just, I don't know. And like, it seems like, you know, he's powerful enough to affect the battle in multiple ways. So I well, just didn't Raiden, understand why I mean, he was so hands off. If Raiden gets caught cheating and they get disqualified, then Earth is automatically forfeit. Whereas if Sang Chi gets caught cheating, uh, you know, everything stays the same. Netherworld just Earth. can't. Uh, out, we gotta outworld get that guy. We gotta invade. get that ca- character's name right. <laughs> We're giving him different names. Shang, Shang, Shang Sun. God damn it. Shang Sun. <laughs> we're, we're really confusing it up. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that, that to me was a little rough. Um, and then the other part I thought was the emperor, if he's that strong where he can just grab Kung Lao out of the air, suck his soul out, why didn't you just do that with everybody? What did we get in Okeetsu with all these fights? Yeah, yeah I, I kind of got confused by that too. Um, like, just show up by yourself, suck them over to you one at a time, suck their souls out, <laughs> suck them <laughs> off. <laughs> suck them out, dude. Just suck them out. Um, but anyway. So what was your favorite fight? What what was your favorite fight? Go. I, uh, that's a good question. I I would say I kind of like Jax when he had the bigger arms. I was kind of enjoying him like taking it to that guy. That was pretty cool. And there is one move that really got me. The, I was kind of getting bugged by the uh, Scorpion just getting his butt kicked by Sub-Zero over and over again thing and like how he couldn't take him one-on-one. I'm like, I seem to remember I mean, winning every time with Scorpion. I don't understand. Here's the thing. So Sub-Zero and Scorpion are like the two fan favorites of the series, right? Like everybody knows those two characters. Even Kelly would know who those two characters are and she doesn't know anything sure. about anything. Um, but... So they had to show, and like they knew Sub Zero was going to die. So I think they had to show him be kind of a dominant force for a little bit for the fans. And then yeah, but we didn't get that one on one that you were talking about. And that pairing is the most important one to get the one on one with because they're so iconic and they're like they literally created their look to contrast each other. They're, yeah. they're like in the same outfit but different colors. Like those dudes, yeah, we needed our moment and we didn't get it. There's but, like eight different Mortal Kombat characters that have that same suit in a different color. Now, now they're the OGs. Right, not though. before, but. I I brought that up because there's a sick moment where Sub-Zero slashes uh, Scorpion with his ice sword freezes the blood, freezes the blood and into turns a it into dagger an and then starts stabbing him with it. I was like, oh, that was dirty, dude. That yeah, that's so pretty dirty. brutal. I've um, never seen a move like that before. That one was wicked. I kind of, I, yeah, I kind of was kind hoping of for wish, more of that. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I guess that's that's my main detraction with this movie is I just wanted a little bit more of the fighting. Like, I don't really need character development in these kinds of movies. That is not why. Like, you're mistaking why we're watching this movie like we are here to watch the fight scenes like this could have just been strung together fight scenes with no story and i would have been probably just more fine. entertained yeah. Yeah. yeah so so my favorite fight was sub-zero versus scorpion i thought it was the most well developed i thought it was you know obviously the biggest budget special effects moment of the film i would say my favorite fatality though probably is Liu kang the way he threw the hat and created the saw blade and, and or, rode no, the oh, rpg into wow. it speaking Kung of which yeah speaking like of which that. their whole thing where they were slipping in the uh 
Kano wins. Yeah, yeah. Like those Fatality. lines. I, at first, I thought that was funny, but the Liu Kang one, the, where he was like, "Cool, it's victory for Kung Lao." I was like, "Oh, come on, oh. Dude. like I'm over it now. Please stop." But yeah, uh, flawless victory. Yeah, I like funny. that one when he like he like wipes the blood off the hat. Flawless victory. Yeah, yeah, and then Scorpion when he goes, "Get over here!" and it's the only thing he says in English the whole movie. Whatever is worth it. I liked it. Everything else <laughs> I was he like, speaks yeah. Japanese as if he doesn't have English. And then all of a sudden he just says that in fluent English. They, they also clearly state that he doesn't know other languages. Like when Bihan's talking to him in Chinese, he's like, I don't understand your words. Yeah. Okay, so, doesn't, so he doesn't know Mandarin, but he learns three, three, learns, three words in English. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I Get liked it. Here. It was, was worth it. it up, dude. That was care. funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I don't need okay. it to be consistent. I just need it to be awesome. Yeah, like right, I, are we moving on? It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very funny, dude. Like I was like, oh, we're just getting, he learned three words in English, and it's those three. <laughs> yeah. Right, when you throw are, are this, we... tr- when you get good at throwing this chain, what you're gonna want to yell out is "Get over here!" Yeah. to really enunciate your move. Quanchi, Quanchi's down there, just going. All right, all right, no, no, it's it's get get over here. Yeah, get <laughs> over here. You need to get that right, and there's Do no point in doing this at all. <laughs> so real Quanchi quick, she is the. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say Quan Chi is the head of the the actual nether, nether realm, realm where Scorpion right. resides. I knew that. Um, w- was that lizard that Kano punched its heart out? Was that supposed reptile. to be reptile? Yeah. Is it? Why would yeah. they have him? I guess they didn't want him to be a green version of Sub Zero and yep. Scorpion, which is what he ends up like he he transforms into in the game. So maybe they were just trying to avoid it, but like they never called him reptile. They just said, send in a reptilian. So, or I think they called him an assassin or something, like send the assassin. I don't know. No, they said send um, in the reptilian. Don't argue with me. I'm very well, correct. Well, either way, um, yeah, I thought it was fine. That that fight scene was entertaining. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so. I think we could probably move on. I mean, overall, like, what more is there to say about this movie? Yeah. You know? It was fun. It was fun. Special Go watch it. There's good. laughs. There's cool fights. Go watch it. It's fun. I enjoyed it. It's not a huge time commitment. Like, I was wondering how long it was going to be. And then by the time it was about to be over, I was like, oh, I guess it's wrapping up now. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Moving on. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We want to do non-spoiler can- review of that. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to the specific segment and say, you know, it's like they're going to maybe. Sure. We'll do a quick. Before, I'll, I'll leave before the discussion we get for into it. spoilers, let's just say, did you like it, Jeff? Yeah, loved it. Absolutely. I thought it was fantastic. Out of, out of five stars, what would you give it? Five, four, four, four and a half? Four stars, probably. Brian, out of three five and stars? Three, three and a half. half. I think I'm going to go with three and a half also. I liked it a lot all the way up until like those last two episodes. And then I was just sort of like, uh, this didn't really stick the landing here for me. Um, but yeah, so I think I we can jump it- into spoilers from here. Spoilers, all spoilers. Jeff, go ahead, lead the discussion. I, so I think I think one of the best ways to go through this is take it character by character and just kind of talk about the different performances and, and acts. So let's start with the big two. What are you guys' thoughts on, on the Falcon? How did you guys like his development and his role throughout the show? Um... Sorry, what was that question? I, can you kind of cut there for me? He said, Sorry, let's talk about the big two. So obviously we're going to talk about Zemo and then Sharon. Um, so yeah, what Falcon, was it? What did you think of, what did you think of Anthony Mackie's performance as the Falcon and his development throughout the show? I thought he was great to be completely honest with you. I, I, 
I definitely was feeling some emotion in that last episode of just like, like it just feels so much heavier, you know, with what they decided to take on with the with the racial conversation that like when you saw him like, you know, kind of educating and making those senators or whatever listen, I was just like, man, like I know this is just a show, but like it, it really feels like some real strong game changing real world messaging. You know what I mean? Especially when he kind of points to the flag smashers and he's like yo like you realize people would were willing to die for her and what she was doing right like do you really think that she just was like evil or do you think she just had a different viewpoint than you that you need to freaking listen to you know and i was like yeah man this is hidden hard for me like i, well, I when he's saying I like he did a good job they went about it the wrong way but their message is still valid like that was really like a very yeah. important moment because it struck me yeah, they didn't just appear it, one day as evil people. They're freaking people that have a different viewpoint than you, and they're being affected by you, you know? I mean, especially considering all the Black Lives Matter stuff that's been happening here in Portland, Oregon, which is where Brian and I live. Um, oh, shit, we just doxed ourselves. Um, the, you know, watching all the riots and stuff that were happening over in, in the city and, like, seeing the media coverage of it, you know... They, they're really positioning these people as like evil people or dumbasses that are doing things the wrong way and you know what maybe, maybe they're not doing it in the best way but they've been trying to get things done and get the attention for a long time without throwing rocks through windows and no one was listening until they started doing that so I mean maybe they weren't doing the right way but now they have the attention that they've been looking for and that's sort of what he was saying to them where he's like yeah they're doing this the wrong way but like what they're saying still matters like their message is still valid right and it, i guess that really hit for me where i was like yeah that's exactly how i feel about you know all of this protest going on in the city you know i don't like watching people tear apart the city i live in but doesn't mean that they shouldn't be frustrated and angry with how things have been handled you know yeah i mean the show definitely had didn't pull a lot of punches when it came to uh their their conversation about race i mean like there's a moment early on in the show where uh bucky and the Falcon are, are walking down the streets of Baltimore and cops walk up because they have an argument and immediately confront the Falcon, Sam Wilson. And they're like, oh, Bucky, is this guy bothering you? And then they're clearly having a conversation with each other. And it was just like they were only concerned about, you know, Anthony Mackey's character, Sam Wilson, what he was doing and, and whether or not they had to restrain him, not about whether or not it was, you know, they, they definitely saw him as the aggressor and not. Uh, yeah. And yeah. also with Isaiah Bradley, they had you know, tons of uh, a lot to say as far as not only veteran affairs and how veterans are treated after uh, we are done needing them, but also um, specifically the veterans of color. Right. Yeah, that was really powerful where they had his uh, addition to the Captain America Museum. I was that hit pretty yeah. hard. I was like, wow, yeah, that's I almost teared up. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I was there like, weren't a whole lot of words exchanged. Like, you know, all he said was, "Now oh. they'll remember it forever," or whatever. And you could you could just feel the weight in the moment. I just thought that they nailed that. To be honest with you, yeah. Well, and it was like you know, watching the next generation of African American soldiers, you know, kind of pay their respects to the people who came before them, and kind of like put in the struggle first to get to them to where they were. Like that's just. I mean, you know, in the modern, like, you know, the situations that we're, we're dealing with again, like, it's just kind of a bit, a good message to be sending. And I think it's, you know, I got, I gotta give, 
you know, I'm not going to give 100% all props to Marvel on this, but like, I'm, I got, you got to give them something because not a lot of other people are doing this kind of shit with superhero storytelling. You know what I mean? Trying to like tie it into real world issues and say something, you know, uh, they just reported actually that the Captain America four is now in development with the showrunner from this show, uh, on script duties, writing it with uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America. So that's pretty and, cool. And definitely, before we move on from from uh, Isaiah Bradley's character, um, Carl Lumley, the guy that plays him, uh, what a, an incredible performance on his part! Like every single scene he was in, he was just dropping just loads of emotion, and um, every single line. Definitely, in, uh, probably the most impactful performance I think of the characters in the show. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, acting wise, this show was really great. And honestly, like the story wise, like it all worked for me in that regard. Um, I think it was as far as the reason, and I don't know about you, Brian. I don't know how much we relate on this one, but as far as the reason that I would drop it down to a three point five there's just was something towards the end there like especially like that that penultimate episode where they're working on sam's fishing boat and um throwing the shield back and forth and all that shit i just and i just was like this is fucking boring like you could have like skipped all of this or shown me like quick glimpses of it and i would have gotten it but they spent 30 minutes of an episode on it you know what i mean well it just i mean but but to be fair sam wilson's character does not have the juice and therefore you have to be able to explain how that dude can hold up in a combat situation because he has leaned so heavily on his technology but that's not you know what we know captain america as and now i will say this what we saw of him in the captain america role was as a captain america version that leans harder on the tech which is cool but he still needs to be able to go toe-to-toe with people i mean look captain america can't get into a fist fight with the hulk no but at the same time we do see scenes where he like takes a hit from thor's hammer on the shield and he he stands his ground we see him pulling a helicopter in with his bare hands like not letting it take off like he straight up was like able to go toe-to-toe with these super beings and now you're gonna ask sam wilson to do it without the the juice it's just you're gonna have to i don't know like like, i don't i think technology can only get you so far right and we don't want to see captain america just be iron man with a different colored suit on you know what I mean? Where he leans completely on the tech and therefore we have to be able to see those kind of things that build up why it's okay for us to see him in combat situations. So speaking of uh, Falcon's one-on-one fights, the character that we see him fight multiple times is Batroc the Leaper, who had reprised his role, George St. Pierre, reprised his role as, as a kind of a farcical comic book character. Um, uh, what did you guys think of, of George St. Pierre's return? I mean, they did a good job of not giving him very much acting to do and just let him <laughs> kick a lot, which right. is, you know, what you very do. quick lines him. and then just fight, which was perfect. I, I liked it. What did you think of the opening action sequence with the, the helicopter? I don't know. I don't remember if we covered it in depth in a previous episode, but like I, I thought obviously there's a lot of exaggerations in the whole wingsuit combat, but um, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I... 
I want to see Captain America juiced up. <laughs> like, I kept, like, my big thing is the whole suspension of disbelief in a fight situation. Like, can't do I believe that this guy would be able to stand his ground here, right? And we've got um, Carly Morgenthau, like, battering him and what you see is their explanation for why he was able to stand it withstand it was the wings would like sink into the ground behind him and you and like support him and I just was like alright that's only gonna go so far for me before I need to see him be able to go toe to toe I mean on his I own. don't know it, I, it's he's Falcon is like a combination of Cap and Iron Man and both of them are gone now so he's kind of filling the tech role and the shield role you know what I mean um, back to your question a second ago Jeff um, that opening scene through the diving through the canyons with the helicopters yeah. and all of that I liked that a lot I actually liked it a lot more than the second time that they did it because they just did the exact same thing again in the, in the final episode where I was like didn't we just see him do this like go through the helicopter move like you didn't want to give us a, a different move I don't understand um, but whatever it worked um how was he able to lift that car? I guess the jetpack, but like, wouldn't your shoulders jetpack. dislocate? Like trying to support that weight? Like you still have to be pretty fucking strong to push. You know and that's I mean? where, like, I don't want to see limitation, like human limitations kind of like ruin my ability to accept what he does on the screen. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, can somebody just quietly inject this dude with some super soldier serum that got found? I mean, then again, curb stomp by Zemo. Just we see specifically, we see, um, have seen the strong men from your favorite pastime, Brian, strong men shows or competitions where they are literally moving airplanes and shit. So, I mean, Sam's not quite that big, but he gets buffed. He's not even close. He's not no, even but close he's, to those guys. Yeah, but he's still way bigger than any of us. You know what I mean? Like, he's still ripped and in great shape. Like, no, I've, been, I've been hitting it, bro. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm pretty give sure. Give me some wings. Give me some wings. See what happens. <laughs> go, go throw a shield. Give me, the, far give me the shield, dude. I can do it. Um, what did we think of John Walker? I loved it. I, I loved his character. Like, I, I actually had a pretty in-depth conversation with my mom after the episode. Uh, was mom, mom watching this show after, with you? Yeah, so I, she was watching it simultaneously. She was like an episode behind. But the episode, uh, there was not the penultimate. It was the, I don't even know what the one before. The, the, the third one where to last he throws episode. The, where he breaks the guy <laughs> where, in half. Where he, where, he, where, he kills, where he kills the guy. Where he becomes and, uh, decaptain America. Decap, decapitation America. And, and we were and we were talking about you Captain know, Guantanamo. We were Whoa. talking about it. Well, it's like it's like a torture and kill facility. You mean G yeah, I mean, it was. Oh, we were talking about the like police violence allegory there. Like you know, with, I mean, it's police violence and and the uh, murder of black youth is, is pretty prevalent nowadays. We see one in the news almost weekly. The guy he kills um, isn't black. He's like Algerian sure, or something. Sure, but it's it's like an allegory for police violence and and. I actually saw it more as like a uh, PTSD situation because he's in that battle it's scenario. A, they show him multiple times, kind of struggling like with sure. what's going through. Oh, his dude, head, in the but... final episode when they're all just waffle stomping him all just kicking him and he's like closing his eyes and shaking his head like clearly having a struggle you know what I mean like 
Yeah, it's but tough. It's tough to watch, but I, he definitely seems like more of an allegory for that. Yeah, Police. he did represent more. I was going to say more about America's inability to like, I don't know, be second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we don't like losing. Like, and he just felt like this guy that was trying to cling on to relevancy. Yeah, yeah well, you know, the whole and, American and, identity is about being in charge like i mean even right. like it extends down to us and at like a weird like subconscious level you know what i mean like that that <laughs> desire that like need to be competitive and to push harder than everyone else or and to stack be on up top. and he wasn't stacking up like yeah i don't know there was a lot there with him that i think that they like he was representing a, an interesting side of of america in my yeah. opinion what i would say is now that i'm thinking about it he represents what america looks like to other countries you yeah. know what I mean yeah. so there's, Where, there's a lot of, uh, of, of Steve Rogers um, is definitely like the American comparison. ideal like he's from like the, the viewpoint dream. of Americans yeah like he's what we want right. uh, us to look like he's like they, that guy yeah, that's how like, we <laughs> it's how we view ourselves when we're sending our troops to Afghanistan yeah. I tell but that how, guy I, is what is how they how see we actually are. us as like this big powerful dominant but with the dark side and Sam presence. Wilson represents what America could be Absolutely. Sure. Like yeah, going I into the future. That. And he doesn't need the super soldier serum. Honestly, I like that he's just a guy. I like that. Like, cause that's one of the things that I've always kind of struggled with, with Captain America is that super. I mean, that's the part of Batman that I really like is that he's just a guy just fucking out there trying. You know what I mean? Obviously, Batman <laughs> is a whole other level of human at this point. But like at the core of it, he is just a man who has a desire to do good and is willing to risk it all to fight for what he believes in. And that's the part of Batman that I like. Um, I guess the I guess Captain America just felt to me like he was still vulnerable. And yet Steve Rogers, he, he, Captain America. He, correct. Yeah. Steve Rogers. He 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 felt like he was still vulnerable even like but the super soldier serum allowed me to accept him going toe-to-toe with the juggernauts in the universe versus falcon i'm like dude like if there's enough guys firing machine guns in your direction like how many bullets can you truly dodge before one gets you and you're done you know what i mean like captain america doesn't avoid damage at all times he takes damage but the whole point is is his body can heal we just have so many limitations as human like normal humans that for what he's doing in the universe that he's in i just i don't know like i'll have to see how they portray it going forward but for me i just like i was hoping for a little something you know someone slipping him a so let's talk about winter soldier jeff i know you wanted to talk about the big two i'm trying to get us back on track Sure. Yeah. I have a whole, I have a little flow chart here, but sure. Bucky, Bucky Barnes. Uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I thought they did a fantastic job of representing his character and, and giving him, I mean, Sebastian Stan has a massive following online and has since, you know, the, the, the first adventure film. Because he's handsome um, or just in general? Just in general. Just, uh, okay. I'm guessing it's because he's attractive, but he's just got a massive following online uh, through, you know, Reddit and Instagram, Tumblr, all that. And uh, really, I, that actually does. That's very strange to me because I think he, I think he's good, but I don't get him. That. Him and him and Tom Hiddleston are like the two most popular characters as far as like it's, uh, it's the hair. Fame. Yeah, it's must the be. flow, bro. It's the flow. And uh, so seeing him in like a speaking role where he actually is able to, you know act a little bit I, I i enjoyed it a lot and i thought that what they had to say about him with all ptsd i mean the callback 
to uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, one of the first conversations that Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson have is about how Captain America isn't sleeping and Sam Wilson asks if it's his bed because the bed's too soft compared to, you know, how they've been trained to sleep on the floor. And the first time we see Bucky is when he wakes up, you know, dead asleep in the middle of the night sleeping on the floor. Right. And it's kind of a callback to that same concept of, of him also being this trained soldier um, who is struggling to adapt to normal life. Um, and so I thought they did a good job of portraying the whole PTSD and, and veteran affairs through him as well. Um, obviously, he had more going on, given that his backstory as an assassin, who he had to live with all of that traumatic past. But um, yeah, I, I loved his relationship. I mean, I know Tyler, you complained about the whole boat episode, but I liked seeing their... Uh, camaraderie, their, their friendship form. I and mean, these are two people that only knew each other because they had a third friend in common. And this is kind of their bond together. And so seeing Bucky come together in that community aspect and a guy that's kind of out of time without a community being able to... Well, and think about the time he's from too, right? right? Like that was not a thing that happened in the 40s. You know what I mean? Like, and so for him to, you know, I guess be better than that was pretty cool. I will say this, I like was picturing, cause he is Captain America with a freaking robo arm, right? He's got the super soldier serum in him too, correct? Yeah. And therefore to me, when I picture Captain America, uh, excuse me, Steve Rogers in that final fight scene, like he's always all over the place. He's, he's a part of every single part of the action, right? Because he's trying to save everything and be the hero, right? And I, I had this moment where I was like, why isn't Bucky doing that if he's on the side of good and he's trying to be a hero? But then I realized he doesn't want to be the main hero. Like he wants, all he wants to do is like, find a way to like come to terms with his past and at the same time he recognizes that he does have a level of responsibility to people because of what he's able to do however i like i was able to accept that he wasn't like getting into like the, like going up and absolutely crushing Batroc really quick you know what i mean like i was able to accept him taking a side assistance character even though he's the one probably best suited to pick up the shield you know what i mean like to me i was like you know what i'm okay with it because to like i think his past does enough to tell me like does enough to make me feel better about him not taking a more main role because of his ability to do so you know mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what we know about Bucky, I mean, even before he, you know, went off to war, the first thing we see from him in the Captain America trilogy is him going out on dates before he chips off. You know, he's definitely a guy that's got greater interests other than just serving his country. And, you know, while he is willing to do that and follow orders, it's, you know, he, he's looking for a life outside of war. And uh, I definitely think that Captain America was aware of that when he chose Sam Wilson to be his successor. He, he wanted you, a different life. What'd you guys make of the moment where um, they get in a fight with the Wakandan guards? And she throws that move and makes his, like, di like, disables like, his arm. Disables his arm. I thought that was a more significant moment than they actually spent time on. And I think that it's going to lend into future narratives because didn't they create Captain America's suit too? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, so, you so, mean the, the Falcons? Sorry, uh, Captain Falcon suit. <laughs> they call him like, Captain Falcon. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, I thought that was funny. I was they like, hey, that in. there it is. They had to acknowledge that one head on. But, uh, but so now we're looking at two main heroes in America who have Wakandan technology. They almost come off as like Wakandan troopers or something. And well, the everything Wakandans was designed the by Iron Man previously. So 
but he was American. And like what I'm saying is the narrative of like, it's okay. Like I'm not, I don't have an issue with it, but I'm just picturing in the storybook, excuse me, in the universe story, um, the Wakandans having this, I guess, level of involvement with these American heroes, I thought was kind of interesting. And that moment where she disables his arm, I was like, interesting. So do they just have control over these heroes and can disable them anytime they choose that it's the right time to? Like, I, yeah. I thought there might be something more there. I mean, it is I a bit of an interesting. Bucky was, right. I, I didn't get the sense that Bucky was fighting to kill, but Tyler, go ahead. Well, I, I do. Oh, like, I mean, they, they established the precedent that um that though anybody in wakanda can take down anybody in america who they have like effect like they give bucky a vibranium arm but then they're able to just take it apart i mean yeah. what's to stop them take from remotely yeah. shooting captain captain falcon's wings just out of his backpack or disengaging them so that they just fall off or, or, yeah having some like they have like a way to control our heroes i just thought yeah, was kind of interesting they're tracking red wings uh, anything that red wing is doing on on falcon's back you know what i mean like his little robot drone um, right it just feels like there's a level of control there that i thought might be make for an interesting narrative going forward because Ooh. they did spend a moment on it where bucky kind of turned to him and he was like did, did you know that they could do that and he's like no you know what i mean and like i think they, they allowed for that weird moment that exchange because it was them recognizing whoa maybe we shouldn't just blindly trust these guys and the technology they're just freely giving us because it's very clear that they're maintaining a level of control over us you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah i mean it definitely shows the the wakandans uh ability to research their enemies as well whether or not that specific dora Milaje was was trained in that specific technique or whether or not all the dora Milaje were like you know what we might have to fight this guy let's read up on our um tech but yeah definitely uh might be an interesting especially with shuri taking the mantle of black panther um she might have, want to run the country a little differently. There could we definitely don't know be that a, that's uh, that's what's going to happen, but maybe. I, I think that's been confirmed. Mm -mm. Not that I've read, and I think I read more of it than you do. Okay, uh, let's talk about Baron Zemo. <laughs> I, I definitely felt like he stole the show for the episodes that he was in. Sure. What yeah, I like that. Dude, dude, that Daniel dancing Bro. scene. The dancing scene was like. <laughs> Oh man, that was so yeah. funny. Did you see they released a longer cut of it yeah, too? Yeah, I did. They were like, release the Snyder cut or the Zemo cut or whatever. Yeah. And then there was just like him getting down. Like, hey. Yeah. It was only funny because his character is so serious, you know, and like definitely has had his moments as being the antagonist of the movie. So, you know, for him to just like cut loose for a second was very funny. I want to say I really liked the purple hood inclusion, but I hated that it was only for this one scene where he cartwheeled off of a shipping container and shot five dudes and then he takes it back off and it never shows back up. I was like, what? Just wear the fucking hood. We're okay with Falcon running around in red, white, and blue. Like, looking like an angel with a shield. It's weird. But you're not going to, like, have Zemo wear the hood? Like, have him wear the hood. Fuck it. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, but they didn't, so I guess we just deal with it. Um, I thought Zemo was good. Uh, I don't want to rush us through this, but I got to get going in about 10 minutes so um uh, i've only got two more characters after zemo that i want to talk about so sure i mean i did, was there more to say about zemo i mean how did you feel about it jeff yeah i thought i thought daniel Bruhl's as an excellent casting for his uh character i wish that i mean i had speculated when they teased zemo in the initial trailers that he was going to come out and be the main antagonist of the show um and it seems like they went with a completely different direction with him choosing not to go to war with him at the end <laughs> 
I, I was I was hoping that he would be more um, be more. But uh, I, I was glad with the inclusions that they had. I mean, definitely the way they introduced him with, you know, him breaking out of prison as Bucky's, you know, talking about the hypothetical and then he shows up and then there's that hysterical controversy between Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes as Zemo shows up and tries to interject. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, stuck true to his character with his loyalty to Sokovia and, you know, the tragedy of his past. And he was able to come to terms with Bucky Barnes carrying on the super soldier serum, just like he was okay with Steve Rogers doing it. So, um, yeah, I, I dig the development and I loved the acting for sure. Um, like I said, I think Baron Zemo kind of stole the show, uh, especially with his inclusion at the end with his, you know, the way that he was kind of behind the scenes, making sure that the Flag Smashers got what they deserved. Speaking of the Flag Smashers, we touched on them a little bit, but what did you guys think of their overall premise we talked about their uh concept of being terrorist versus you know revolutionaries but um, i still don't really overall. get what their plan was so if they're what they're positing is that in the five years after the snapping or the blip or whatever the fuck they're calling it um they the borders we just dissolved all borders and people were allowed to just go wherever they wanted is that the idea yeah, so there's so there was people that were left like refugees you know their families got disappeared and they didn't have the ability to continue living where they were living and there was a massive amount of vacancies across all these countries so there were you know a thousand homes open from germany and suddenly there's a thousand people out on the streets in france you know those people were able to relocate in these foreign countries and it was this communal effort of all of these different countries coming together to form this kind of global organization of people helping each other because they had the resources to do that and then the snap gets reversed five years later all these people show up and they want to go back home and there's some dude living there and apparently what the governments had decided was that anyone that was had survived the snap needed to bow down to the people that had just got brought back instead of saying yeah. hey you've been living here and paying rent for five years no that guy was paying rent before you it's his place you need to go find somewhere else to live and so the people that survived were then pushed into refugee camps without proper resources and we're gonna that's and, wild and, i didn't really grasp that fully i guess and according yeah. to the vote that they were going to do they were going to force them to go back to the countries that they used to live in and be refugees in that specific political system so their citizenship that they might have gained would be revoked and she was saying fuck that i'm going to prevent them from reinstating those borders and i'm going to force this world to recognize that they have a greater responsibility to their neighbors in other countries than what they're willing to accept Right. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, I thought it's it was crazy because it makes you look at it and be like, "Wow, maybe Thanos' snap like made sense on the level because of the unification that it brought." You know what You're I mean? Such a Thanos fan, dude. He's daddy, bro. But at the same time, <laughs> I had to get it in. I really don't like it. <laughs> but, but at the same time. Um, it does bring in unification. It totally does. How do you, the how do you feel about borders? That's amazing. How do you feel about Darkseid's anti-life equation? He wants to eliminate free will and create a utopian society across all planets. That's you a dumb, fan? Stupid. But we're talking wow. about the greatest good here. He's, he's purple, bro. Or, you know, it's not, it's not purple. Excuse me. He's purple. He's, he's like, like purple. Um, he's like yeah. black colored. He's like gray with the blue armor it's like chin. it's like a rock it's like a rocky exterior okay so the flag smashers overall um I definitely i do have a thought on them real quick i kind of felt like they were getting treated as like lesser villains like 
I don't know. They, like they didn't strike me as like like they're being taken that seriously. I don't think they're being taken as if they were terrorists. I think that's all it is. I, well, like I don't know. Like l- let me give you a perfect example. Carly is is coming at Falcon, uh, Captain Falcon, in that last fight repeatedly and she's a super soldier and yet he's just kind of dodging and saying I don't want to fight you but he never really seems like he feels like he's in that much danger yeah. even though she's trying to harm him and it just I felt like like they the, she I didn't think that feel like a real threat you know what I mean they're trying to make it as though like he's a different kind of Captain America like he's you know he's not going to fight her and beat her he's going to be like no I'm just here to listen I'm not going to fight you you know what I mean I think that they were That's trying to send that message just, rather it just felt like part of it was that sure. she was just like not she never really recognized really like that a big of a risk. I agree. Yeah, and so it, it just—I I didn't really understand why they would do that because they, those people are little Captain Americas running around. I think I think there was one scene that was honestly kind of glanced over in the show that I like made me kind of jump, which was the moment where Carly calls the Falcon and, and Bucky, or she calls the Falcon and Falcon brings the Bucky to talk, and the whole entire plan is to ambush John Walker across the city. And when he realizes that, and he's like, Bucky, go get Walker. And Bucky goes to jump over the railing. And Carly comes diving at him and punches him into the wall like midair. Yeah. It's like a quick little moment, but I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> she means business. Um, um, can we move on epic. to Sharon and Power sure. Broker? Sharon Carter is the last character that I wanted to talk about. So um, what did you guys think of her character? Obviously, I would say even more surprising than uh, Baron Zemo. What did you guys think of her portrayal? I am sort of confused. Is she going to be like an anti-hero type situation or is she going to be a full-on villain? Because, I mean, she was like, she also got left behind during the snap. Steve Rogers apparently just forgot she existed. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to go back in time and bang your aunt for a couple of days. (laughs) He made out with her and then went on the run for a few years. She also had to go on a run. That's what we find out after that is that she also had to go on the run. He didn't take her with him. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't why? know why. And then when, I just forgot about her, dude. And then in the five years after the snap, he they were both still alive, and he never tried to reach out or reconnect or anything. He just left her. Like you're Captain America, bro. You have pull. You kissed that girl once. She also saved your life or like helped you. Like they just, yeah, she really, I almost feel like she's rebelling against the Marvel universe because <laughs> they basically just forgot about her in the Infinity so she's War. she's just the uh, epitome of a woman scorned is what I'm hearing. So, so there's yeah, a couple which characters. Which is funny so because is- she, Emily Van Camp, it rose to fame in a show on CW called Revenge where she is a woman scorned and she's like dismantling people's lives. So it's almost <laughs> as if she's back. <laughs> so with that, uh, where do you think she's going next? Like, there's a couple different properties that are coming out. There's a Nick Fury show called uh, Secret Invasion coming out that just, uh, what's her face? Khaleesi just got added to. Um, really? Uh, yeah, she just she just got cast as something, probably a scroll in that mo- in that show. Sharon Carter just got her old job back at Shield, or if Shield's even a thing anymore, I don't really understand. So probably Sword. Um, 
So do you guys think she's going to make an appearance there or do you think they might save her for Captain America 4 and have her be a bigger villain there? Well, I don't know. So I think Captain America 4, they're going to have to address the fact that we got U.S. agent fully unveiled. We have Julia Louis-Dreyfus in a crazy yeah. surprise cameo as Madame Hydra. Did not yep. know she was cast, had no word, like no rumors, nothing. So she's Hydra. She's, well, in the yeah, comics, that character, the Contessa becomes Madame Hydra, which is like she she ends up going to lead Hydra after and Baron Von Strucker. will be for Hydra inside. Which is point. what I'm wondering, are they going to do Secret Empire with them? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, at one point, at one point, the Countess also runs uh, Latvia too, like Doctor Doom's country. So there's a chance that maybe we get Latveria. some kind of introduction, Doctor Doom, Latveria. Um, What's Secret Empire? Give me the two minute version. Secret Empire is Captain America is the Hydra cop. He's Captain Hydra. Yeah, there's there's and he takes there's over a the Captain America States. that gets basically brought back to life and reveals that he has been Hydra all along and starts. He takes over the world at, using a Hydra Empire. Um, and, and then and all of the heroes have to stop Captain America, who's in control of all of the armies of the world and has all of Hydra's resources. And it's uh, not that great, honestly. <laughs> I read it. It's pretty it good. Fine. Yeah, Captain uh, America feels like the one thing you shouldn't fuck with, man. Well, dude, people lost their shit when that comic came out. And the final panel is he's he's breaking into a plane under the guise that he's gonna kill this hydra guy but then he kills the shield guy and says turns to the hydra guy and it's, says hail hydra and everybody was like it was their mind. it was u.s agent wasn't it john walker that he kills i can't remember maybe i'm um, pretty sure it's john walker that he kills that he shoots and kicks him out of the plane maybe yeah he kills somebody and uh and then turns to the Hydra I agent. I don't really like that. Like, I don't want to see Captain yeah, America corrupted. Dude, everybody on the internet was right there with you. That panel was so, like, so it was they, everywhere on Instagram and Facebook at the time. Like, everybody was reposting that panel and being like, holy shit, like, what the fuck is going on? Because Captain America was the so got, one incorruptible dude. in the Marvel Universe, you know? What they explained, Brian, is that basically Hydra was able to rewrite Captain America's history and they're able to set things right and the real Captain America comes back and they have a toe-to-toe. The real Captain um, America gets lost in some weird world outside of time and fights his way back through that and comes out into the real so, timeline. So the Hydra one is not a real Captain America. It's, it's a Captain America where his history had been rewritten to be faithful to Hydra. Yeah, Red Skull and Zemo go back in time and basically plant all these different things throughout Steve Rogers' history so that he falls in in with Hydra, yeah. Um, instead right. of, and so he still becomes Captain America, Steve Rogers, but throughout the whole time he's been working for Hydra secretly. Let's do our outro since we're pushing well, up on time here. I really wanted to say, oh yeah, one quick thing uh, in recommendations. So well, how about we just shorten it to one recommendation each, real quick? Anyone else? Sure. Okay, with that. All right, I'm gonna go first. Shadow and Bone just released on Netflix. Have either of you given it a shot? No. No. It's very, very, very good. It is in the same vein as Game of Thrones. I watched all of it last night. That's why I was up so late. I literally couldn't stop watching it. Every time an episode would end, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I got to stay. I got to I gotta push through one more episode, one more episode. And then I just, I literally binge watched all eight episodes last night. I spent eight hours watching the show last night. It's very good. It's a fantasy world, but in uh, it's in an alternate universe. 
where in like a world in a country sort of based like on russia or something like that i think i guess it has to be because all the names seem sort of russian and it's like turn of the century world war one era so there's like guns there's suits and things like that but then there's also like magic and i don't know um what what is that on it's on Netflix. Netflix. It just released the, the whole Netflix season. Original. Yeah, it's based on. It's definitely based on a young adult fiction book. So there's some yeah. pretty cheesy romance shit. Like there's some pretty cheesy romance shit. But like as far as the world building and the action and the cinematography, like whoever is behind the camera on this is crushing it. Every single shot, I'm like, man, this looks great. Like this world is awesome. Um, I'm not going to say anything else about it. I just think you guys should watch it because I think maybe next week, if you guys can watch it throughout this week and just kind of get it all out, um, maybe we could uh, do an episode on it because I think it's really good and I think it's it's worth diving into at least in some or at least at least having a discussion about it. it doesn't have to be the whole topic, but it, I think you guys would really like it. So give it a shot. Anyone else got recommendations? Oh. Brian. Um, not for me this week, but I will give that a shot and try to have it done by uh, next week's episode so we can focus on it. Or at least just we can just talk about it. It doesn't have to be the main focus. Uh, my recommendation this week is an anime. You can watch it on Netflix. I know Tyler's rolling his eyes because he hates anime, but uh, Your Lie in April. Uh, Your Lie in April. It's an anime that actually touches on classical music. It's about a kid who was trained to be a classical pianist by his overbearing mother who was sick and she forced him to be this like masterful pianist before she died. And when she dies, he loses interest in the piano. He loses kind of faith because he associates the piano with his mom and he gets inspired to pick it back up by like a rebellious violinist who he's falling in love with. Um, right. It's great. It's great because it's like for those, anyone who's not familiar with classical music, it's uh, fantastical fantastic portrayals of their of these like famous historical musical pieces interesting uh, it's good um all right cool well uh get in touch with us clever kids podcast at gmail.com and at clever kids pod on instagram let us know what you thought of mortal Kombat. let us know what you thought of falcon and the winter soldier um yeah and then next week i guess maybe we'll talk about shadow and bone if i can if my brothers will actually watch it and uh and uh and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what our topic is. We got a couple topics that we've been talking about, maybe making a, a big topic out of. There's not really a new movie or show coming out next week. We got a bit of a break here before Loki comes out in, I think, two weeks. So um, we will uh, we'll see what happens. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.